Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara, alongside virtually, of course, Michael McNamara from sunny Florida. How you doing, Mike? Standing by and ready to rock and roll here this morning, my son. How's the weather down there? Oh, it's uh, 65 going to 70 today. I'm freezing. <laughs> we got 20s. I'm pretty sure we have 20s all day up here. So it's just, not just kidding. Uh, who's to complain? It's wonderful. Of course, this is the day the McNamara's decide to uh, to try skiing for the first time. So, hopefully. oh, really? No kidding. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We've where where about you going? That Watch little mountain. Oh, right. Yeah. Right in Westford there. Right. Nice. No, that's nice. Neshoba Valley's in Westford. What's oh, your no. I think I actually don't even know what, what town it's in, but it's close by to where. So, oh, wow. This is the first time, huh? First time. Ooh, make sure I see some videos. I can remember <laughs> taking you the first time, too. Okay. I know. <laughs> I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it was tons of fun. Oh, it was, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, so we are doing... <laughs> Yeah, you ready to enter? <laughs> your titles have this on this show have changed a bit here, and I think the one I'm going to read is is the is uh, the one that wasn't quite as um, <laughs> exciting. Uh, it's exciting, I guess. Yeah, that's, dramatic. That's, yeah. <laughs> Insightful. <laughs> Insightful, yes. There's lots of words for it. I couldn't find the great one. Uh, title for today, Get Braver or Expect Low Returns. That's pretty That's pretty mild. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're going to be talking about investments and, uh, and sort of the future investment landscape here. Um, if you have any questions about this or anything along the way, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we're live in the Merrimack Valley today, 978-454-4980. That's 978 454 4980. So we'll get, I think we'll just probably jump right into it. There's no, you know, I don't think there's any pressing news we need to get into from a, from a money point of view. So let's just talk. Uh, we're going to start with bonds, huh? Is that, we're, we're going to start with a little, a little history lesson, it looks like? Well, uh, supposedly any good uh, educator skips to the end and, and says the summary's at the beginning and then kind of works your way to the end again. So that's what I'm going to do here. Okay. okay. So, um, so by the way, yes, I uh, get, uh, you know, your investment 
with Get Brave or X-rated. No, it wasn't X-rated, but uh, you know, you know, you got to have a little marketing pizzazz if you have a radio show to get people to turn in. But uh, tune in. But I'm I'm assuming that we oh, have it was enough. it was Get Braver or Poorer. That was, was your, I, that was the thought that was title. Yeah, it was true. Uh, but, I, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm pretty sure we have a pretty good sized listening audience anyway. So I guess uh, you know, I, I I knew you'd veto the uh, that was the first one there, Justin. <laughs> That's okay. You do, uh, always, you, you do always change them too. It's always, yeah. every time I get an outline from you, it's, there's a different title on it. Well, you know, workshopping uh, them maybe. Well, for, by the way, the, for folks who listen to the show, Justin and I pretty much uh, trade off topics for this show. So every other show he does a topic and every other show I do a topic. Well, I, you know, Justin, as you know, I usually start working on it earlier in the week and get you one or two versions. So you know what the heck I'm going to be doing. But yep. I always send you the Saturday morning express that was the final draft there about eight o'clock yep. or eight thirty. So you get it. Yeah. Yep. And by the all time right, so, I get it, I, I, I've forgotten the title. because Yeah, I understand. I understand. That's yeah, all right. Okay. I know you have other things going on in your life and it was, <laughs> it was my topic. So what the heck? All right. So folks, uh, so we've we got a problem here. Uh, in the, in the, the, the problem is that uh, the stock market is at an all time high. And by the way, it's going to take up some time or a crash or whatever. It, it does that regularly. It folks. always does. So, yep. so it, it always does comes with a deal, but, but right now, uh, you know, the stock market is at its current all time high. It, it's always going to go up. We're going to get that to that sooner or later, folks, unless we go back to the Stone Ages. But the bottom line is that it always goes higher and higher and higher. And then it has some hiccups or downturns for a bunch of reasons we'll get into. But right now, it's pretty safe to say that stocks are at an all time high and maybe pretty expensive on, on a relative basis. Well, the other piece of bad news uh, is that bonds and the bond market is at an all-time high. Uh, and if you have you know, your two major investment choices, okay, both at all-time highs, well, things don't stay high forever and things have a tendency to go down once in a while. So it's- Should we it's take a- I mean, to just to describe, you know, uh, the stock market all-time highs is not. I mean, I, I don't think it's quite like the bond market all-time highs, right? It's yep. not. You know, we're not measuring uh, price it right when you when we say in the stock market, what we mean is prices of stocks are at their highest point in history, which again is not all that uncommon, right? I mean, if the, if the market we hope not. <laughs> if if we assume the market is going to go up, uh, then that's its regular course, which you know, hope you know, as long as we have capitalism and continue to innovate, hopefully that will still be the case. Uh, uh, and so, in the stock market, we mean that prices are at all-time highs. In the bond market, it's, in the bond market, it's not quite that way. Why don't you explain a little bit more? Well, it's a, it's a different mechanism that right. determines the highs and lows. Uh, in the stock market, okay, folks, write this down. Uh, the the reason that the the stock market, and by the way, I'll use the S and P five hundred, the five hundred biggest publicly traded companies in America, as an example, and it's basically a proxy. Okay, the reason that markets go higher and higher and higher and higher is that they continue to make more and more money and more and more profits. Thank you, God, for capitalism, sort of a thing. So, so that's what drives the long-term valuations of the stock market. There are some short-term things that make it go up or down, higher or lower than it probably should be. We'll get to that as well. But in the bond market, the driver is interest rates. Okay, and, yep. and it's very. Uh, I'll skip to the end first. When interest rates are very low, bond prices are very high. Right. Okay, uh, and and from roughly. Uh, the date of my birth, 1948, to roughly 1981, interest rates in general were rising. And from roughly 1981 to yesterday, generally interest rates were falling. Okay, without getting into a lot of math, we'll do a little bit of it in a few minutes, but without getting into a lot of math, if you, if you already own bonds, paying whatever interest rates they're paying you. Well, if interest rates go lower on new bonds, your bonds become a bit worth more in that world. And if interest rates go higher on new bonds, your bonds become worth less. If you have a 3% bond and next week they're at 6%, your three ain't worth as much as a six sort of a thing. That's the very short story. So, so what drives the prices of bonds is interest rates 
and primarily not much else other than there are a few other minor things, but the yep. big driver is interest rates. Interest rates are at an absolutely positively all-time low, okay, and for bond investors or income investors or investors looking for guaranteed returns, it's an extreme challenge to try to get income to live in a low interest rate world. Okay. That, you know, so, so here's a, here are a couple of numbers just to, to kind of give some history before we get into some definitions. So, so uh, in, in 1962, for example, okay, the 10 year treasury bond paid 4.02%. Okay. Right. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. Okay. On August the 3rd of 1981, 20 years later, it paid 15.51%. Well, it's gone from 15.51% in 1981 to 1.11% yesterday. Okay, wow. so so for, yep. for people, the the big picture here, and it's really tough to do numbers on the radio, so we have to be careful here. But, the but yet big we do picture, it every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> yeah. we got to do it carefully and yeah. say it a few yeah, times gotta, because it's yeah. hard. Okay, uh, and, and the, the you know the the bottom line, okay, uh, is that you know if you're looking for income, okay, and you owned bonds, uh, probably up through 2015, 2016, where they started to get really low and flatten out a little bit. But if you've been a bond owner or a bond investor for a very long time, you knew nothing but good news because the yep. wins in the bond market were favorable okay, to, to investors. Okay, You had a, a tailwind that was pushing you as investors and investors got used to five, four or five or six or 7% rates on their bonds you know, pretty much like it was baked into the cake sort of a thing. So yep. they they got used to that. They expected that. Okay, that's how it worked for a very long time. Well, if you've if been used to a 5 or a 6 or a 7% return income from your bonds, now you're in a world that's 1% or 2%, and that's a dramatic change, not for the best for people who are living on income. Yeah. Sort of a thing, okay. So, so the the short story is, okay. So here's the here's my guess. Um, you know, well, by the way, so interest rates can either stay the same forever, go up, or go down. Okay, so if you sit here in today's world and you look at extremely low interest rates, you kind of have to ask yourself the question, okay, where are they going to go from here? Because that kind of depends on what you do about your bonds yeah. and what percentage of them you own in your portfolio. Okay, okay. so, so the, the, the big picture before we get into some other things here is that, okay, interest rates now are extremely low. And one of three things is going to stay the same. They're going to either go down, they're going to stay the same, okay, or they're going to go up. And, you know, who knows the time frame, but, you know, my guess is it's hard to go down from almost zero. They'll probably stay pretty low for a long time. And it doesn't seem like there's an awful lot around the world that's going to encourage interest rates to go much higher for quite a long time to come. That, that's just kind of the short story. But if you're strictly an investor who invests in bonds, I think you have some extreme challenges ahead of you for the next few years. And, and what this show is about is educating people to the fact that your bonds involve a lot more risk than you probably have thought that they have in the past. Uh, and we're going to look at stocks and bonds. And, and, and the short story is that, you know, here's your choice. This is like the, the big summary uh, at the end of this show. The, the big summary is in today's world, here are your choices. Okay. H however you're invested, whatever combination of stocks and bonds you hopefully own in your portfolio, you have two very clear choices from here. Okay, on whatever your current mixture is, okay, if there's a bunch of bonds in there, you're probably going to have lower returns than in the past. Okay, so, so, so bond yeah. investors are looking forward to either poor returns, okay, uh, or, or bad bond markets for quite a while, and they're not the same. They, they, they have a different level of risk than they've ever had. And, and the point behind the show is pick one. 
either stay the way that you're invested and accept lower returns. And we'll get into some guesses about that as we go along. So yep. p- pick one, stay the way you are and get used to lower returns. Okay. Or increase the percentage. Okay of stocks in your portfolio, take some more risk. Okay, remember your bonds got riskier and hope to get some higher returns. So that's like the macroeconomic point here. What did you just yeah. do on my screen here? I know. I'll get, huh? I shared my screen on you. I, right. I was just I, I wanted to follow up a bit on, you know, your your comment about you know, interest rates and, and, you know, how folks have had to get sort of used to lower and lower interest rates there. I, I just threw up a chart, which you can see, obviously the listening audience cannot. Um, but if, if you take a look, I, you know, I have inflation charted against the 10 year U S treasury, which you, you know, which you made reference to, right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's sort of a, sort of a proxy for the U S bond market is the 10 year U S treasury. And if you take a look at the lines, you know, historically, obviously, you know, all, all you know, there's, there's volatility in every asset class, including inflation and, and the 10-year treasury. And the, and the lines bounce around a lot. But historically, the interest rate that you would get on, you know, the bond market, quote unquote, was generally speaking higher than inflation. And so, you know, I think one of the things, I don't know if I'm stepping on some of your future uh, topics here, but- You are, uh, but that's okay. Yeah. And it's- <laughs> You would put in some, you know, you, you put in an investment and you would buy some bonds and you hopefully pick up that income. And historically speaking, anyway, you would be sort of ahead of inflation. Uh, but as as you know, the years have gone on here, inflation and the and the bond market returns have trended almost together. And and you know, occasionally they they crisscross. But you know, for almost the last. Uh, 10 years, there really hasn't been much of a return on the bond market, uh, at least, you know, based on the U.S. 10-year treasury rate, as far as um, as far as the difference between inflation goes. And I think that's, you know, obviously one of the issues we'll touch on, but yeah. Yeah. Um, we've, we've trended closer and closer together to where you're really not getting much in the way of return on your bonds. And so I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump back if I'm, if I'm uh, stepping on some of your uh, well, your, your you step on any time, Justin. That yeah. makes it makes it fine. Okay, so <laughs> so folks, so we've let the cat out of the bag. Okay, whatever mixture of stocks and bonds and you have in your portfolio, and you hopefully have some mixture. Okay, you have two choices as far as I'm guessing from here. Either you can stay the way you are and expect returns a lot lower than you've experienced, or lower than you've experienced, or you have to decrease your level of bonds and increase your level of stocks to hopefully get returns that you can live on or for yep. most people sort of a thing. So that's the big picture. Okay. Uh, everything that we say or talk about between now and however long this show runs, okay, is aimed at getting you to understand why that is and to maybe figure out some ways in terms of which way you want to travel and, and what goes along with all of those decisions. Okay. So here we go. First of all, let's explain to people how bonds work before we get into all the specifics, okay? Very simple, folks. Okay, uh, a bond, okay, when you own a bond, okay, there's a borrower, there's a lender, there's a time frame, and there's a deal with a bond. If you bought a 10-year treasury bond tomorrow, okay, the borrower is the United States government, okay, the yep. lender is you, you bought the bond. The time frame is it's a 10-year bond and the deal right now is you get a whopping 1.1% per year for the next 10 years guaranteed. And you get your investment dollars back. If you put $1,000 into the 10-year bond, you get $1,000 at the end. Okay, so folks, once again, borrower, lender, time frame, deal. Okay, a certificate of deposit is basically a bond when you go to the bank, folks. Okay, there's a borrower, the bank. There's a lender you. There's a time frame. It's a six-month CD. There's a deal. It's 0.3 or whatever the heck the rates are these days. Guaranteed no risk. Okay. So treasury bonds, government bonds, corporate bonds, municipal bonds, CDs. Okay. All of those things are bonds or basically lending investments, and that's how they work. Okay. All right. So that that's the bond. Okay with that, my son? Any additions to that before nope. I trudge along here? Okay. All right. So I'll jump in. Right. 
Okay, so let's talk about real return, and then let's talk about total return. Okay, I think that's probably the next next thing we should do here. So, Justin, you just touched on it a minute ago. Okay, so so folks, in our world, there's this thing called real return, and and basically, the deal is whatever you think that you have earned on your investment, whatever kind of investment it is. Oh, I I earned uh, X percent. Whatever you think you have earned, okay, you have to do two takeaways to figure out what you really got to keep. It's like, you know, you have income, but you have takeaways like taxes and what you got to keep is what was left at the end. Okay, well, the same same thing goes with total return, okay? So for, I'll, I'll, I'll make up an example. If your if your return on paper was five percent, and if uh, you paid twenty percent of that in taxes, while well, your return was really four percent after taxes, and by the way, if we had two percent inflation during that time, okay, you earned even less. So the deal is, you have to take away taxes that you play and loss of purchasing power, inflation of your dollars in that investment, okay, and what you get left with is your real return. <clears throat> so so basically, well, think about it. If you had a 5% investment, okay, paid 20% in taxes and had 4% inflation, I'm just making this up, how'd you do? You're zero. Okay, well, okay, so, so the only money that you get to spend is the real return than what's left. Okay, big deal if you made 5%, but after taxes and after you adjusted for the loss of the purchasing power of your dollar, what did you get to keep? Okay, well, so if you've been used to living on 100% bonds in your portfolio, earning four or five or 6% a year for your lifetime, okay, right now the highest yielding treasury bond that I could find two days ago is the 30 year, United States Treasury bond pays a whopping 1.85%. Okay, if you earn at 1.85%, pay taxes, and then adjust for the effects of inflation, you got to ask yourself how how you did. And and how you did was you had a negative real return. You went backwards. And and the way to think about that, let, let me go back to the real Real simple numbers. You earn five percent. Of course, assuming course, that, yeah. assuming inflation is up over that one point. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Okay, I mean, we're we're making us that you know that has that assumption is based on the historical record yeah. that inflation is you know in, in the two or three percent range. Yeah, in theory, it could be a great return if we have deflation, right? I mean, so That's sure. Just, just to be clear, where you know, I don't I don't want you to be. I think we're shortcutting things here, and I want to make sure we explain everything in detail. I am right. me- merely illustrate a mathematical yep. point, not. Yep. Not recommending any real way, but yep. so so. I mean, think about it this way, folks. Uh, if you and again, this is extreme, but just so that you can understand it, if you earned two percent on your, if you put a thousand dollars into a treasury bond, and yep. you earned two percent on that a year, okay, and if inflation was three percent. Well, that thousand dollars in your treasury bond spends like nine hundred and seventy, even though you're collecting the interest, your capital is shrinking. So, but I don't want to get into any more details. Thank you, my son. The bottom line is, the only money that you get to spend really is what's left after you pay taxes and pay inflation. Okay, at current rates of return. It's extremely difficult to imagine having any real returns of consequence from anybody owning bonds now for probably a while to come. Okay with that statement? Okay with that. Yes. Again, yeah. That, yeah sort of, of course, based on based on history, right? I yeah. mean, you know, think, we, you can get there's always outlier scenarios where you could say, "Oh, well, I think we're going to have deflation for the next five years," and yep. and uh, that would be you know a, a disaster from an economic sure. point of view. But you yep. certainly you you might be pretty happy about your bond that's paying one point eight five percent if things are costing less and less every year. But that's yeah. fairly unlikely. Yeah. So you have to make some guesses about what you think is going to happen when you invest your money, folks. And and you know. I, 
my personal guess is it's hard to go much below zero, although we have. And I'll get to that. Yep. Uh, it's hard to imagine runaway inflation with people spending money like abandoned, everybody employed and the world economy going gangbusters. Kind of hard to imagine that. Yep. So, you know, we're guessing and a whole lot of other folks are saying, you know, they're probably going to go up a bit, but not much and probably stay pretty low for a long time because the world economy is in kind of a mess sort of a thing. So so the point is that you ought to start looking a little suspiciously at the bonds that you own. I'm not suggesting you get rid of all of them by yeah. any stretch. I am suggesting that maybe you ought to think about, you know, shrinking the percentage of bonds that you have by some and adding some stocks because by the way, bonds don't do the work they used to do in a diversified portfolio right now. And we'll get to that. Okay, so we talked about real return. Okay, if you go back in history, the real return in stocks has always been pretty darn good. If you go back in history and pick whatever time frames you want, there have been real returns in bonds, sometimes good, sometimes not so good, but it's harder to do in a low interest rate bond world. And that's where we are, folks, plain and simple. And we are back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara via Zoom. We are, uh, we're Zoom. We're, we've been, we've really got our act together technology wise, haven't we here? Hey, this we're, is pretty we're, cool. We're yeah. flowing smoothly here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, today we are talking about investing and the uh, and the future of investing and, and probably looking at some lower returns. We'll, we'll you know we'll use your show title. We'll we'll, we'll call this "Get Braver or Poor" uh, today. That's what we're talking about. And uh, if you have any questions out there, we are live today in the Merrimack Valley. Uh, you can give us a ring, 978-454-4980. Do you have the email up in front of you, Dad? Is that I can. I do, and I'll watch it, I promise. Okay? All right. So, And also, if you have any questions, uh, if email works better for you, you can just shoot us an email to questions at mcnamaraonmoney.com. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll let you uh, handle the hosting duties here. All right. Well, all right. okay. So, folks, the, the deal is pretty simple. Okay. Um, when, uh, <laughs> well, we said you talked about technology, Dustin, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought her, 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 her mic was muted, but that's all right. All right. Hey, okay. <laughs> anyway, moving along, folks, uh, it, it's very, very simple. Um, I'm going to spend the next half an hour bad mouthing bond investments for the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> that's a short story, uh, but that doesn't mean you should own no bonds. Uh, it means that you should probably own less bonds than you do now. Uh, and we're going to spend the next hour and a half and maybe part of our next show doing the same thing. Okay. Oh, Cindy, we can hear you. Okay. <laughs> I love the, uh, it sounds like an old rotary phone. That's a great, it's a great ring. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so, so we talked about uh, how bonds work, borrower, lender, time frame deal. Okay. We talked about real return. Okay. What do you get to keep after you pay taxes and inflation? And the short story is probably not much if you're a bond investor these days with all your money. Okay. Uh, now I need to spend a couple of minutes on uh, total return. Okay. Because when we get to the stock, the exciting stock portion of this show, that'll become more meaningful. Okay. Um, I'm going to use some approximations here, Justin, don't get nervous. These are just examples of, okay, sort of a thing. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, so folks, if you look backwards on the stock market for a very long period of time, some the stock market's returns are made up of two things, the dividends that some stocks may pay yep. and how much they grow in value. Okay. Mm -hmm. So income and growth okay, are both ways you can make money in the stock market, okay? If you look back over very long periods of time, 30 or 40% of the return from the stock market has been due to the dividends and not much to the growth. And that's changed in the last 15 to 20 years. But the short story is yep. when you own stocks, you get paid two ways, okay? You get paid from the dividends that they pay, and if you either you spend them or you reinvest them and you yep. get paid because they grow in value. Okay. Assuming they pay them, right? So, you know, yeah. Some companies do not pay dividends, but yeah. That, that's correct. Okay. Uh, so when you're a bond investor, okay, there's the interest that you get paid. So that's the income. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's growth in bonds and sometimes 
There's not. Okay. But by and large, are you comfortable with me saying, Justin, that by and large, the people who own bonds buy the bonds for the interest that they pay and not the growth that they can provide? Yes. Okay. Well, folks, bonds don't grow too much. Okay. How about that? And there are times when they'll have negative growth. Okay. And, right. and, and so that's, that, that's called total return. Okay. So, so by the way, and, and again, they, they, they don't technically grow, right? So, you know, they don't go back to our bond example at the beginning, yeah. you know, when we talk about the growth of a bond, let's just do a quick example, right? So you have a bond, you lend your money to the U S government for, you know, for your a five year period. Um, and let's say you put $10,000 in at, at the end, that ten thousand dollars that you get back is is still going to be ten thousand dollars, right? It's not it's not growing in that sense. When a bond grows, it's just the price appreciates relative to it, it can appreciate relative to what the new bonds yeah. are in the marketplace, right? So yeah, if, if you hold if, it to maturity, there's no growth, right? There's still that t- exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, but during in the interim, if you bought a three percent bond and interest rates went down to two you could sell your bond for more because you know your bond is a lot more attractive and so everyone yeah. you know everyone would want your bond and so you can jack up the price of that and you could in theory sell it um, as you know an appreciated asset or you could continue to hold it and then you would still get that yeah. uh, that $10,000 back so that's it's not it, it happens like a but it's rare it's but it yeah. happens but it's rare okay so by the way and to, to your point in calendar 2020, and I'm rounding off here, but it's pretty close. The U.S. bond market was up about six or seven percent, just the bond market itself. Okay. About two percent of that six or seven was the actual income, and the rest of that was appreciation in the price of bonds. Folks, don't get used to the growth or the appreciation or whatever you want to call it. Okay, in the, in the bonds. Okay, at the interest rate levels where they are now, right. that's a very difficult thing to achieve. Okay, so by the way, you're going to get paid pretty much. The only way you earn from a bond, probably for the next few years, is just what they pay for interest, and the interest is awful, given the circumstances. <laughs> okay, yep. okay. So in bonds, your your total return is by and large, mostly most of the time, just the income that you make. In stocks, your total return, okay, over a long period of time is a combination of the income and the dividends. And people seem to forget that right now. Yep. By the way, uh, U.S., uh, you know, so by the way, the the 10-year treasury is at 1.1 right now. Do you want to take a guess, my son, at the dividend yield of the S&P 500 as of two days ago? Oh, I should know this. You Uh, should know this. Come on. I'm going to say it's somewhere around 1.75. I would say you're just exactly correct. It's 1.6. Right. So hey, wait a minute. So I can buy a 10-year treasury bond, get paid 1.1, and that's pretty much it. Or I can buy the S&P 500 with a lot more excitement, get yeah. paid 1.6% pretty dependably, okay, and have some growth potential on top of that. Yep. And downside and, potential. And downside potential. We'll get to that as well, okay? Mm-hmm. You don't get paid. Unless you take the downside risk, folks, plain and simple. Okay. So anyway, so, all right. So we've been through those three. Okay. How bonds work, real return, total return. Now we want to just do an example of interest rate risk. Okay. I'll do a generic, I'll do a generic one, make up some numbers to scare the heck out of people. And then I'll do some real ones. Okay. 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 So Dustin, don't get nervous. I'm going to qualify this for everybody. And I'm going to make up these numbers, folks. And they're scary <laughs> and not true, but they'll illustrate a mathematical point that makes it easy. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's pretend, and I'm making this up, that government bonds are paying 3% today. You buy okay. a 30-year government bond, you spend $1,000, you, you're, you're thrilled at the chance of getting 3% per year on your government bond for the next 30 years because the CDs at the bank are God knows what they are sort of a thing. All right. So you make that investment and you're pretty happy about it in today's world. Okay. A month later, okay. You got another thousand dollars you want to invest and you end up looking at government bonds for 30 years and be gosh and be gore. They're paying 6%. Folks, this has never happened. So don't get nervous. Okay. But in this example, okay. The new one that you can buy is 6%. So how do you feel about the new one? Mighty good. I'm getting a six. How do you feel about the three now? Oops, you blew it. You didn't. You should have timed this so you can get a six. N- nobody knows, folks. I'm kidding on that. Okay, so in that example, that person has a three and a six. 
Okay. And there's, and there's two things that that person can do. That person can say, I'm going to sit with both of these. If I average a three and a six, I'm getting paid four and a half percent of my money for the next 30 years. I'm happy about that. Well, by the way, forget about the, the real return after taxes inflation. That's a, that's a whole other story, but that's okay. So, yeah, so you sit and you get paid an average of four and a half, just an income. Or yeah. because bonds are saleable, some people might say, well, wait a minute. Why don't I just sell this three and go buy a six and then I'll have 6% for all my money? Okay, folks, it doesn't work that way. You can sell it. But what it's worth, it may be a big surprise, okay? In that extreme example that I used that will hopefully never, ever happen at that fast and at that degree, okay, you're running around in a world of sixes trying to sell your three. And in that extreme example, that three is worth about $500 in a resale world, period. If interest rates double in that short period of time, never happened, okay, you're, the value of that 3% bond is no longer the $1,000 you paid for it. It's 500 bucks. Well, then you say, well, the heck with this. I'm just going to hold on to it. Sure. But when you get your statement, that bond's going to be down 50% in value. And people get nervous when stocks go down 10. You're kind of given the circumstances. So you, you can't yep. win if you have. So, so the moral of the story is whatever interest rate you happen to be getting from your bonds, if rates go higher, after that, and you choose to sell it, it's worth less. Right. End of, end of story. Okay. If if I reversed if if I reversed that order, if you bought the six, okay. If you I, bought the I'm six, not, I'm not motioning to you. I'm motioning to okay. see you if I can okay. see you. <laughs> okay. If you bought the six, okay. First, okay, and then you bought the three second. Okay, uh, th then that's different. Okay, that a, a six is worth twice as much in a world of threes. Okay, folks, the story, just remember yep. this. You already own the bonds. Yep. Whatever interest rates you're getting. Okay, if rates go higher afterwards, okay, that bond's resale value is less. And if rates go, rates go lower after that, that resale value is more. And if you hold it to the end, you'll get your money back. But after inflation and 30 years from now, be a scary number sort of a thing. Yeah, and I, I actually have. I, I don't know if you were. You probably weren't going to do duration on uh, on on this. If you want to take a stab at it, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just you know because I do. I, I have the real numbers, and that's you know that's a good um, generic example. But you know, for those of you who are actually looking at actual funds here, um, so I'll take. I'll take the U.S. bond market, right? So you can go out there and you can buy a, you know, you can buy an investment that's meant to replicate the U.S. bond index. I'm just going to pick on, uh, I'll pick on iShares here. The iShares core U.S. aggregate bond ETF, the ticker is AGG. And so let's just use some, you know, when we talk about bonds in the bond market, if you're investing, right, if you're not doing kind of a, an exercise where we, you know, the TV and radio folks are use that 10 year treasury a lot. Uh, when you're an actual investor, more often you're in, you know, like a, a more generic bond market ETF. So if you were, if we're going to define the bond market that way, um, I actually have the current numbers for an investment in the bond market. Okay, the, great. The current rate of return, the current uh, interest rate on, on the, uh, the iShares ag is 1.15 percent, right? So if you put $100 into the iShares US aggregate bond, the dividend that you're, you know, the, the current yield on it is 1.15%. So a dollar, you know, what's that a dollar, a dollar 15 on that investment. So pretty low. If you, there's also something in our business called duration and duration just measures how sensitive an investment is to interest rate changes, right? The duration on the US aggregate bond is almost six, which means if the if interest rates go up by one percent, then the value of that investment that you made will go down by six. Right? We talked earlier about how the bond market has done well as interest rates have gone down. Well, the the the, the illustration that you just uh, ran us through has price. You know, the 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 price of bonds going down as interest rates go up. So d duration tries to measure the sensitivity of that. And I, I know we're getting sort of into the weeds here, but you know the, the short story is if you buy if you buy an investment that has a 1.15 percent return, and then interest rates rise by one percent, well you you just lost six percent of your investment, 
and now if if that happens on day one you know you're you're going to be in negative territory assuming nothing else changes for you know for for probably five or six years. Yeah, and that's a gross return, never mind total return. Too, that's but, a gross, yeah. <laughs> right. We're yeah, not factoring okay. in inflation. Yeah. Uh, and which is why, you know, the, which is why, you you know, you take a look at the bond market now. The whole reason for this show, obviously, is because, uh, you know, expect lower returns. And that's where we get those because, you know, you're, you're starting at low returns now and uh, you're, you, you could see even worse ones if you're invested as interest rates increase, right? If you're not, if you don't have money in bonds, you, you know, you want that, you would like it to, you know, like rates to increase, that'd yeah. be great. Cause then you could go buy some higher, higher yielding bonds. But if you're actually invested when rates rise, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. And th- thank you. So, so, so folks, you know, interest rates are either going to go up, down or stay the same between now and sometime that you ever want to pick. Okay. Yep. But, but it's pretty likely given the world global economic, economic mess, given a pandemic, given, given trillions of dollars worth of debt and a whole bunch of other stuff uh, we, we could get into and mostly don't understand ourselves. The bottom yep. line, okay, is that interest rates are extremely low. You can't live probably on just what you're earning from your bonds. And if you buy a bunch of them and interest rates go up even a bit, you could have a very unpleasant surprise. By the way, that also means that, you know, we, we have portfolios in our practice, just like any other financial uh, advisor would. Yep. Okay. Uh, and as far as we're concerned, okay, the only reason we put bonds in somebody's portfolio is to cut down the excitement of owning the stocks they have to own to make any money for the rest of their lives, period. Yep. Okay, so so that's that's what bonds do. Well, if bonds are paying five or 6%, that provides some pretty good offset to when when stocks go down, okay? Well, if bonds are only paying one or two, Okay, they are nowhere near as effective, you know, cutting down the excitement in a balanced portfolio. They'll probably go down too, sort of a thing. So they've lost a lot of their appeal, yeah. okay, as something to cut down on the excitement of your portfolio with the with the stocks that you're gonna have. Folks, that that's just the way it is. Okay, we'll get into why you shouldn't you can't take more risk to try to fix that. I'll get into that in a little while. Well, well, if interest rates are low, people do stupid things. I'll get to that. Okay. In a little while. Okay. But the the bottom line is that's how it is. Okay. You have to deal with the world as it is now. And it is now, if you're a bond investor, okay, you're going to get paid very little and and you're likely to, you want to pray that you just get paid very little and interest rates stay the same. Okay, and that sounds weird, but that's true. Yeah. Okay, so do you think we've set enough of the stage here to get into a little bit of the weeds, as you say? Or, or? I, I think so. Okay. okay. I have a pretty good idea of what we're. Uh, okay. Well, we've been at, we've been at for, for forty eight minutes so far, so I yeah. think so. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I'm only I'm only two inches down on page one here, Justin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, got, we got five pages to go. Look at it this way: you don't have to do a topic for the next show, right, there or something go. like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So so l- let me give you some history, folks. Okay, again, and I mentioned this earlier, this is just, th- th- these are just facts. I'm not making these up or getting exciting. Okay, uh, in, in, uh, on February 19th of 1962, a 10-year treasury bond, 4.02%. Yep. Okay, on August 3rd of 1981, by the way, just about the top of the interest rate world, okay, uh, a 10-year treasury bond was paying an otherworldly 15.51%. By the way, I broke into this business in 1980. You couldn't give them away, Justin. They were waiting for higher returns. Okay, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't give away a 15% government bond because what the world was going higher. I was there. Yep. Okay, a- anyway, and then so in, in, in since August of 81, they've gone from 15.51 to 1.11. Okay, talk about ups and downs if you look over the long run. Okay, yep. okay, the thirty-year Treasury bond pays; it goes out further, so it pays more interest. Okay, in uh, February, on Valentine's Day, nineteen seventy-seven, seven point seven six percent. Okay, okay, on July twenty-first, nineteen eighty-one, thirteen point nine six percent. I should have put all my money. And treasury bonds on July 21st at night forever. 
because at the 13.86% return, that's before the appreciation in the share price going right. forward. Okay. Well, they've gone from 13.96 and 81 to 1.85%. Do you have inflation for calendar 20 nearby, Justin? I don't, just out of curiosity. Calendar 20 was, uh, like you know two? what, I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, like like 2%. Rate. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was. Yeah, in in between one and two. Let's yeah, see. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you get one eighty five on your guaranteed no risk bond, and inflation's about the same. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's just uh, how how do you win with that? We're not saying you should get rid of all your bonds, folks. Don't go. Don't go do that. We are saying that you might, given your life, your circumstances, your financial situation, your comfort level, and the fact that you probably work with a financial advisor who can you can ask some questions about. Okay, we're suggesting that you might want to examine your portfolio and decide whether you're going to accept probably lower returns or take a bit more risk and try to get some returns that you might need. Okay. Yep. All right. Anyway. So by the way, one, one other thing about bonds. Okay. Justin is that, okay. So right now you can't get paid 2% of the bond. Okay. Unless you buy a junk bond or a really risky bond. So, so buying government bonds, you can't get paid more than 2%. Okay. How many people out there, Justin, if they had all their money in bonds could live just on the income, just fine and hunky dory. Very few. Very, very few. Okay. So, so folks, there's a pretty good chance. Okay. That if you did some number crunching on your life, and if you haven't, you should talk to a financial planner, but there's a pretty good chance that if you're thinking you're going to have 80 or a hundred percent of your money in bonds and retirement, and you're going to live the, the uh, fat and happy life, you, you might want to reexamine that thought given the circumstances folks. Okay. You, you, you might want to think about that. Okay. Anyway, so uh, yeah, total return. We, we work with a whole bunch of pretty motivated people because they had the the uh, courage and the and the intent, intelligence to go work with a financial advisor. Okay, and the courage. The courage. Mo <laughs> yeah. mo most of those people, well, you know, all those schlucky financial advisors, yeah, scary, right? Yeah. yeah, but you know, a very large percentage of the motivated and uh, financially uh, fairly committed people we work with are taking more than just their bond interest from their portfolio, folks. And you need to kind of understand that. Okay, we'll get to that yeah. probably three weeks from now, the way this is going, but that's okay. All right. So anyway, so the bottom line is low interest rates. Okay. Okay. Um, I've said this a couple of times. Now let's do some examples. So if you're at stupidly low interest rates, could they go up, down, or where? Okay. So believe it or not, folks, there are some bonds out there in the world that pay negative interest rate. They've actually gone below zero. How can you go below zero? In the bond world, a good chunk of it these days, folks, it is below zero. Okay, so Justin, here you go. Um, okay, right now, I think we should make a recommendation to our clients on this, Just, What do you okay. think? Okay, right, I'm right now. I'm going to write it down. We can bet, get a five-year German government bond, by the way, with a better credit rating than the United States government bond. We can get a five-year German government bond at minus 0.7%. Ooh. Okay. All right. You, folks, you have to pay the government of Germany seven-tenths of a percent per year to buy their bond. How, how many people want to line up and get some of those? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, right now. Okay. By the way, uh, th th uh, this is like un. This is like la la land in the bond world, my son. Just like la la land. Okay. So so um, the uh, I'll pick on Greece. Okay. Uh, the the country of Greece. I, your mother. Your mother's not here. She can't hear me talk about that. Being she's being part Greek. Okay. <laughs> the country of Greece is a financial basket case. Okay, end of story. Okay, they're in, if you think they're in deep financial trouble. Or at least okay. historically they have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, well, right now you can oh, get it. it. Right huh? now they're bad too? Okay. Oh, oh well, no, listen, listen. I, I think we ought to make this recommendation. I thought you were just making too. assumptions based on their history. Okay, yeah. Well, well, well today too. Okay, so we can get a 10-year Greek bond. By the way, mighty risky as far as I'm concerned. 10 yep. years. Hey, and it pays. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. 0.635%, six tenths of a percent. Okay. 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 The, the, the 10 year, okay. The 10 year Greek bond. Okay. Is, is not, not even in comparison 
okay, to, to the United States bond sort of thing. So even basket case countries, okay, are, are having negative yielding bonds because some somebody thinks they're safe in a world where there's low interest rates. So, so folks, we actually do have, okay, last I checked in the world, over 18 trillion with a T of negative yielding bonds. You have to pay them to buy the bonds. The United States has not slipped below zero yet. I hope to God we never do. But there's a whole bunch of the world where you have to pay them to buy your bonds. One heck of an investment, if you ask me, you know? Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, so this is like a la-la land in the bond world. This is like absolutely la-la land. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to say about that other than we just, we hope it doesn't, you know, uh, spread to the rest of the world. Uh, you know, this, this is unknown territory. Yep. By the way, we've had negative yielding bonds a couple of times for short periods after big world wars, and okay. that got squared away. Okay, but folks, that is that is nowhere land. If we ever go to a negative yielding bond world, you don't want to live in that, folks. And and it's unknown. It's unknown the long term consequences of that. So let let's hope. Uh, yeah. That they at least stay above zero, but it's kind of hard to imagine them getting much more than that, given the circumstances. Yeah, we, I mean, okay. we've been talking with our clients about, you know, how little you get paid for guaranteed investments. And this is just sort of the, the, the most extreme example of it, where it's not even a negative real return. It's a negative actual return. So you're, 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 you're paying for the safety of your investment, essentially, yep. which is, uh, you know, it's, it's awfully strange. But hey, if, if it's, it seems like people are still doing it right it, it wouldn't still have a negative it wouldn't still have a negative rate if yep. no one was taking advantage of it so yep yep um i had in. yeah um i i had a a bunch of examples of things going down rates going up but i think your bond market example probably covered that most of what i would do here kind of given the circumstances uh okay. i'll, I'll uh, but I'll just do a couple of those, okay, uh, given the circumstances. But uh, again, okay, um, it, you know, it, there's a chance we could go to a neg negative interest rate. Zero. I mean, who knows the future, right? Sort sure. of a thing. But that is, uh, uh, from my point of view, that's pretty frightening because there, there are unknown consequences about how that all works, okay? Right. Uh, anyway, all right. So I think, I think uh, well, the average, yeah, the average investor, for the average investor, you, at that point, you probably just wouldn't invest in that bond, right? I mean, you know, my sense is that we're talking about large, large investors that are making that are buying these negative yielding bonds. I, that I would doesn't assume. make any difference. It punishes well, the small investors. It sure right? does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any difference, Justin. Right? Okay. You can just hold cash at zero. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's probably what the average person is doing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if you have, if you have a you know a billion dollars, it's hard to just you know it's hard to go to the bank and pull out all that cash, right? Yeah, yeah, and actually, there are a number of banks in Europe that you have to pay them to hold large chunks of money, yep. and I and I haven't checked it lately, but in the last year or so, there are two or three banks in Europe, a couple of them in the Netherlands that were interesting negative interest rate mortgages. Don't, don't you know this is yeah. you know f folks. Bonds are not going to be like they've been in the past for quite a while to come, and you need to deal with that. Okay, I'm going to do a couple of quick examples of how bonds can shrink, and then we'll be almost perfectly time for a break here, my son. Okay, Just? All right. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, so by the way, uh, it, it, you know, let's see. In uh, no, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do no. I will. Okay. Okay. Uh, the 30-year government bond pays 1.87, 1.85%. Uh, Right yep. now. OK, uh, if the yield goes up to three percent, in other words, if rates go up from government bonds from one point eight five to three, if yeah. they do that in three years, OK, your thousand dollar Treasury bond is worth seven hundred and eighty eight dollars on the marketplace. That's a 20 percent drop. Yep. Let, let me say that again. A one point eight five percent bond right now. If government bonds go to three in three years. Okay, the the bottom line is that thousand dollars looks like seven hundred and eighty-eight. That's a twenty-one percent loss, or a minus seven percent per year. Yeah, you want to factor that into your retirement plan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and by the way, God forbid interest rates go up four percent in four years, because that'll be worth six hundred and fifty-four. Am I scaring you, folks? Yes. I want you to re-examine the percentage of bonds in your portfolio and talk to a smart investment advisor about what to do. Mm -hmm.